and welcome back to a tale of, well, I guess, one rival. I am your solo host today, the back-to-back -back reigning champ of our home Dynasty League, the feeder of FF Spaceman. I am Todd FF Banterman Foster. So Dave and I have talked a lot about the podcast, and we thought it might be fun every once in a while for Dave and I to come on and do a couple of like little quick hitters, uh, 15 to 20 minute solo um, shows. So I'm going to kick off the first solo show, and my segment, if you're going to look it up on our feed at Tale of Two Rivals, wherever you find your podcast, it's going to be labeled as Todd's Tangent, because if you listen to the show... You do know I get pretty worked up, and I will go off on a tangent and make our show significantly longer. So, um, so yeah, so that's what if you're looking for my quick hitters, I'm going to be labeling them as Todd's tangents, and whatever Dave wants to come up with for his nerdyish spiels, he can figure that out himself. So, um, yeah, so before I get into my topic, I'm going to say that everyone's dealing with this hysteria going on with this stuff right now and my outlet's going to be fantasy football i'm going to start up a super early redraft league with my friends it's going to be a slow draft as a good distraction um i'm going to try to write some articles where you can find my stuff at uh, dynasty football digest and uh, i definitely would check out some of the stuff from the idp guys it might even be a good chance for you to like look into new formats for fantasy to get yourself distracted and um yeah, I'm going to maybe hopefully bump out a few of these uh, quick hitters over the next couple of weeks as I am a teacher and I will not be in work for a couple of weeks. So I implore you to do the same and just find those outlets, you know, go outside with your families, dive into the things that you love and find interest in and just try to find some time to find some sanity in this madness. So uh, and stay healthy, you know. So um, with that said. Uh, my first rant is actually going to be about my first article for uh, Dynasty Football Digest, where I'm discussing the ageism we find in Julio Jones. So, I, we talked about this really briefly on our last episode, if you tuned in when Dave and I did the Tier 3 and Tier 4 rookies, and um, Dave accused me of hyping him up so I can trade him in our Dynasty League, and I guarantee you that is not true, because... I know what I value Julio as most people do not. So I would not trade Julio in my league because I think that he is possibly the most undervalued player in Dynasty right now. And it's just because of the fact that he's over the 30 mark. He's a 31-year-old receiver, and everyone is freaking out about it. And let's also be honest. like You got rookie hype going on. Rookie fever is here. People are diving into their advanced analytics. They're diving into those combine numbers, trying to find that next breakout 21, 22-year-old that's going to replace Julio. But let's remember that and with these guys, they're unknown commodities. And Julio has literally been the most consistent wide receiver in fantasy football for the last six years. So... We're going to dive into Contoris Lopez Jones's Hall of Fame career, and I'm going to explain to you why you need to stop freaking out about trying to trade him before some crazy drop-off. So first, let's dive in the fact that he's only 31, right? This is not a time where players would just drop off at the wide receiver mark. And I'm going to dive into some more 
pieces for that. But typically, when you're looking for guys to dive down, you're looking for some sort of metric that shows you that they're falling off. So let's go back to over the last six seasons, what Julio has produced. So this is based off PPR points. So in 2014... Julio would have had 297.4 PPR points, would have been good for number six wide receiver. 2015 is when he had that monstrous year where he had 203 targets, and he had 381.1 points, and he was a number two wide receiver. In 2016, you had 256.9, where he would have been the number six wide receiver. In 2017, he had his down year, where he had 250. 1.9 points and he was still the number seven wide receiver 2018 he was number four with 325.9 and last year he was the wide receiver three in PPR with 274.1 he's the only player over the last six years to be a top seven wide receiver consistently why on earth all of a sudden is that going to change nothing has shown us that that's going to be different now, if you have Calvin Ridley and you're looking at him to possibly be taking more targets, sure, Hooper probably might leave. Sanu left in the middle of the year, but Ridley's also been fighting injuries too. So with me, I look at Julio and say, why on earth would I be anything concerned about the, that kind of drop-off with him? So with that said, the other thing to keep in mind is, on top of that dominance, yeah, you do think for some point of regression, but not when you're in one of the most pass-happy offenses in the NFL. So, interestingly enough, if you're also in a super flex league, I think it's good to go look out and look for Matt Ryan. He's at 33. That's not really that old for a quarterback. And I always think if you're playing in a dynasty league, you're looking to play within three years max, in my mind. You Maybe you could push it to a five-year window. If you don't get past five years, there's too many things in the NFL that can change for you to be considering a player beyond five years. So for me, you're looking at he's connected to a premier QB in Matt Ryan and an offense that has just loves to chuck the ball. So in 2019, Atlanta threw a league-leading 200, excuse me, 689 times. That was an average of 43 pass attempts per game. Now, Atlanta had some troubles last year. They played from behind in certain games. They obviously had a down year. But this is not exactly something that's unheard of for this offense because the year before, they chucked up 617 attempts and were averaging 36 point, I mean, excuse me, 38.6 attempts. So it's an elite passing offense. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to chuck the ball. And Matt Ryan and Julio have probably some of the best chemistry and rapport in the history of the NFL. That's right, in the history of the NFL. We just haven't appreciated it yet. All right? So you're looking at a historic tandem that is not quite at the time to be concerning about the fall-off. So on top of that, one of the things I wanted to kind of focus on was why I think that the ageism piece is so important to keep in mind. Julio is not a running back. Julio does not take that wear and tear of running through the lines and all that. Looking at age of a running back is extremely important. But with a wide receiver, the shelf life is so much better. 
And you have to be able to keep that in mind. So when we're looking at other players, let's keep in mind that Julio is an elite all-time wide receiver. He's a guy who's pushing for a spot on Mount Rushmore when it's all said and done. He possibly could also be one of the more underrated wide receivers of all time because you don't really hear a lot of people talking about that. So let's look at a couple of other big-time wide receivers. So for me, if I made a Mount Rushmore, which would be four faces, all right? Remember, people, four faces. Let's keep it historically accurate. I would have Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald, Randy Moss, and Calvin Johnson as of right now. Who y'all I could see finding his way possibly into that. So for the sake of my argument, we know that Calvin Johnson retired at a young age. So we can't really look at what would have happened. Like we can't really look at regression because we didn't have a chance to get that data. So I replaced it with my number five guy. And that'd be T.O. T.O. had was a beast. And then he fell off kind of fast too. Right? So and I could easily see Julio moving over to T.O. at some point. So I'll also be honest. Um, I also see that Randy Moss was a bit of a casual detail. Had was a TD beast. Um, I think that when you look at him from a fantasy perspective, he was very a TD reliant wide receiver. So um, I actually replaced him with somebody at number seven just for the sake of looking at it from a guy who's more of a yardage guy, which is what Julio does. Because Julio's this is the other thing too is relying on Julio's points. He does it through yards and catches, not through touchdowns, which is consistent more than touchdowns, right? So I replaced. Moss with a guy similar makeup than not being TD reliant, and that would be Marvin Harrison, who would have been my number seven wide receiver all time. So anyways, so I looked at the data between what would have been, on a very simple scale, between their age 31, 32, and 33 seasons, taking those three seasons and averaging them for scoring settings for one point per reception, one point per 10 receiving yards, and six points per receiving touchdown. So I looked at that across Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald, Marvin Harrison, and Terrell Owens. So between 31 to the 33 seasons, you're looking at Jerry Rice averaging 312.82 points. That is definitely good enough to be a top three wide receiver now. And remember, we're also throwing the ball a lot more now. Larry Fitzgerald was at 227.75. So that's probably more like at the bottom of a tier one of a wide receiver but the funny thing about Larry Fitzgerald is he got better after 33 his 34 to 36 seasons actually is a higher number so when he was older he actually improved uh Marvin Harrison was at 279 points per game for those three seasons again probably a top six wide receiver and T.O., who had the, far, the, the, the quickest drop-off, was at 240 points. So my point being is that if you're looking for some sort of drastic drop-off with Julio right now, you're not going to find it. It's not that time. He's got at least three years of elite production and probably more than that. So I did dive in a little bit more into like what it looked like in the five-year windows, it's a little different, but it's very consistent still that these guys can maintain production. Is this the same truth for all wide receivers? No. But ones of Hall of Fame caliber that are elite status attached to a pass-happy offense? Yes, they're going to maintain their value. So for me, 
if you're getting anything less than two 2020 firsts, you're doing yourself a huge disservice in moving Tulio. And on my piece, I might not even do that. Dave asked me would I take Rager and Lamb for Julio. I might say no to that. But I also would be definitely looking into it, though, too. So that's my tangent for the day. I want you to remember, respect Julio, respect his greatness, and do not sell him too low. So I'm done for the day. Uh, make sure you follow us at A Tale of Two Rivals uh, on Twitter. You can follow Dave at FF. Uh, underscore spaceman on twitter you can follow me at ff underscore banterman and we uh we got a special friend you might want to check out at uh, ff the walrus on twitter you might want to check out his stuff he's starting to post some cool stuff we might have him on the show soon so uh you can also find dave's writing at the dynasty football factory and you can find my writing at the dynasty football digest along with checking out the guys from the idp group uh the idp guys so um i hope you enjoyed this Go out and get Julio.